Hey, Entrepreneur Nation, welcome back to Entrepreneur 101 from concept to exit and everything in between. Listen, I've got an amazing guest with us today. We're either going to laugh, cry, or, or get a hell of an education. We have got Phyllis Williams Strader with us, joining us from Texas today. And let me tell you about Phyllis. She's otherwise known as the ghetto country brand mother. She's the owner of Brahma's House. That is a personal branding company. She's a podcast host. She's an author. She's a cook. She's a cigar finishado. She loves her bourbon. Like I tell you, we're going to learn lots of shit here tonight. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, she is a certified brand strategist, a life and business coach, a psychology marketing specialist. And, you know, I'm sure we're in for, for a great show today. So with that being said, Phyllis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I am so excited about this. It's like, oh, I get to talk shit for real, for real. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? The more shit you want to talk, the better with me. That's okay. We're we're rated explicit on on the podcast for a reason. So, so don't, go. don't feel like you got to hold back. Just be the, right. the Phyllis that I know you are. So you got it. <laughs> listen. Mm -hmm. I, I know you've, you know, you and hubby have, have had a few successful businesses in your time here, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, pre-entrepreneur. Tell me about who was Phyllis growing up, you know, and, and what kind of got her to this point. Talk, go in as much depth as you want, as little oh, as depth as you want, but God. let's find out, you know, who was Phyllis when she was growing up in the, the uh, busy streets of LA, I think you were in born the busy in, correct? Streets Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to get it real. And I usually don't tell this part of my story, but I grew up very insecure. Um, back then I was very skinny. They used to call me olive oil, but I was also very tall for a girl. Okay. So I had all these insecurities. My family talked about me, which did not help. Um, and as I grew and mind you, I grew up in a time where women depended on men for income and da 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 and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I love my family. I love my aunts, my mom and all them. But a dude was like, you know, let him take care of you. And with that mindset and with insecurities tied to it, I tell people I gave myself a way to dig, dick and dig because Tom and Harry were busy. I didn't know <laughs> what else to do. Because <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what else to do to get somebody to like me, to love me, to make me feel more secure about myself. And so it just I just went through life like that. And because of that, I was socially awkward but people thought i was standoffish and they were like oh right. she's just a bitch she thinks she and it was never that right usually it was my insecurities that kept me from talking to someone but they took it however they took it yeah. it's like okay i'm gonna be that bitch today because i don't know what else to say to you yeah and and just getting over that hurdle took a whole lot of years um and I think the final hurdle came when I married my husband, my second husband. My first husband was a practice marriage. The practice run, him, right? It was yeah. a practice marriage. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was not easy. I don't I have a hard time remembering my childhood. I don't necessarily say it's bad because I wasn't like, well, I used to fight, but I wasn't really beaten or all right. of the, yeah. the trauma. Yeah. But there's nothing. Nothing that I could say that was a happy childhood. It was just the average childhood it just is what it is. Right. So. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you and I really have, you know, kind of the same experience growing up because I was kind of the same, right? I had, I had a skin condition covered 90% of my body. So oh, wow. I was very withdrawn and, mm -hmm. you know, kept to myself and, and just like you, people thought, well, you're a bit of a snob, you're a bit of a dick, whatever. Right. And it yeah. was just because, no, it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm a scared kid inside yeah. that doesn't want to be found out my insecurities and stuff like that. And sometimes, yeah, people can take that the wrong way yeah, and it can lead you down the wrong path, you know, and I won't say the wrong path, but, um, a, a path, path. That, yeah, it, it's, it's a path, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we always seem to find our, our way uh, around yes. and, uh, yeah. And yeah, the same too. Like when I think back, my mom passed away at an early age and it's like, I don't really have a lot of those memories as well. And I wonder oh. if it's because there wasn't somebody there to keep reminding you of the shit right? <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> you know, Hey, do you remember when? Uh, no, 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 I, don't I really care don't. No, yeah. Mm -mm, yeah. No. That, that's amazing. So, so, so like life, you know, got good on, on the second, second round of marriage here. Yes. And yes, I still like my husband after 20 some years. <laughs> that, they, and that, you know what, you deserve a medal for that yourself because, and, and 
you know, that's something I don't think a lot of the younger generations is going to see either is those long term relationships, right? Yeah. We live in a throwaway society and that includes relationships and that that's yeah. too bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Son Sonia's parents, my other half, her parents have been together like 50 years. Oh, wow. And it's like, I couldn't imagine 50 years of anything, never mind, you know, being with the same person. Just yeah you just don't see it anymore so so we we definitely develop a a lot differently nowadays but um so let's talk about i know you before you got into what you're doing now there was some cooking involved somewhere there was a restaurant there was a catering company there was some barbecue sauce or some damn thing involved so (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about but that kind of put you on this path and and you know there's something you had um that i read and that you had said that i I found very interesting but let's start down this path because Mm -hmm. it kind of led to where you were so let's talk about um you know the restaurant and the catering businesses and that i put my foot in my mouth that's (laughs) (laughs) because the, my I remember my first day with my husband. If you want to call it a date, is it? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna call it the first date, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from that time until even till now, cooking has always been my husband's love language. He's one of those, and this for y'all, Bill Cosby haters, keep it to yourself. But he's one of those who used to get in the kitchen and do that Bill Cosby thing while he was chopping shit up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The little and dancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that was his get down. And it was like, I always knew he should have been cooking for a living. I didn't know about the whole kind of toxic environment that exists in the restaurant industry right. then, but I always knew he should have been cooking for a living. So it started out with something, something as simple. Cause I grew up on, on Texas barbecue, the way my mom and them did it. Right. And Neil calls up making me some ribs one day and put that shit in some beer. And then I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You don't do that in Texas? Is that supposed to mop the meat and all of this kind of stuff? They don't do that anymore. But yeah, that's what I grew up on. Right. And so he started learning how to barbecue essentially on the internet. Okay. He made met a great bunch of guys, the barbecue brethren, and they would call my house whether they were drunk or sober. (laughs) How's your brisket? How's your ribs? And all of this kind of stuff. And I asked him one day. No, I think this was before because he he always blamed it on what's dude's name. Um, I can't even think of his name, but he cooked some type of meat in a in a flower pot. Oh, okay. And he he smoked the meat in a flower pot. He just took it, turned it upside down, put some coals, a great knowledge, and Neil was hooked ever since. Wow. And so he decided that he was going to start doing barbecue competitions, which I'm fine with until it started cutting into my shoe money. Yeah. It was like, dude. <laughs> competitions are expensive and that turned into you know what and then because they constantly practice believe it or not i don't care how good a competitive barbecue person is they will practice their cook over and over and over and over right years and years and years they continue to practice yeah this just gets it gets expensive wow so i'm like you're gonna have to start selling some of this meat because he was always (laughs) practicing chicken and i was about to grow rings and fly away right but it was like you know what we had to start selling stuff so we started selling these these things from our um, dining room table. We would come home from our jobs on our lunch hour, throw some stuff in some styrofoam boxes, drop them off at Kaiser, drop them off at his job, my job, go back to work. Oh, wow. And okay. it start, yeah. And so it started literally, that's where it literally started. And then um, I put my foot in my mouth again. Baby, do you want to do you want to do this for a living? He said, yeah. So what I do, I go out and I find out, let's start with some farmer's markets. We can't get in no restaurant yet. We don't have right. the knowledge. We're going to start at the farmer's market. We, If you know anything about LA and Watts, we in Watts at the Watts farmer's market trying to sell barbecue just before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that didn't go over very well. It did not. It did not. Um, but it, it lit a fire in, in both of us because he was just very happy. He was out here doing his thing. He was right. cooking. Our daughter was with us cause she was real small then. She was not even really two. And it was like my mom and them, they started making desserts and they sat across from us and we were just out here hanging out as a family, selling some food. Yeah. And we, when we, when I asked Neil, like, how serious are you about this? We had made the decision that he would, um, he would, Keep his job because right back then he was working. He was a 
what is it, a licensed banker or whatever, you know, the okay. ones with all the licenses to sell stocks and all. See, I don't even yep. remember that shit anymore. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he was a licensed banker. But we said, okay, you you hold on to your job until Ashton, which is my stepson. So Ashton turns 18 so you can finish paying child support and all that shit. Right. And then we'll see about you quitting your job. But it happened so quickly. We Because we got written up, he was featured in the LA Times. So that was in... Um, that was in November that we started that. Ashton's birthday wasn't until August of the following year. Neil ended up quitting his job in February because we got that popular that quickly. Really? Wow. So right. we were doing multiple farmers markets. We still hadn't op- opened a brick and mortar yet, but we started doing multiple farmers markets, some good, some bad. We would switch it up and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But we were doing our thing. And we did this for five years till we realized our asses was old and raggedy and we need to stop <laughs> shit Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's just put some roots down and oh my it, God. Yeah. Yes. And that's when the first that's when the first brick and mortar came. And the second one came is because we were at home one day and Neil made me some some we used to make something called pig candy, thick sliced maple bacon covered in cayenne brown sugar. And we smoke it till we make bacon batter. Okay, well, he wow. made me some of these at home. I said, oh, baby, our next spot is going to be a breakfast spot. It took a minute. I think we were open. Our first restaurant was open for about two, two and a half years. Next thing you know, here comes Big Mrs. Morning Wood serving barbecue for breakfast. Nice. Everything We got up in the morning and everything was smoked. And that was our second location. And we were, we were talking about opening third. We were going to do all these different concepts. And we were talking about doing a third. And something to me is like, you know what? This ain't my, this not my house. This right. is not my thing. Right. I love hanging out with my people in the restaurant. I love serving people. I love watching them enjoy the food, but this is not my shit. I don't right. want to do this. Right. And as much as, as much as I support my husband and I hung in there, we did this for 10 years together. I'm like, dude, I finally had to tell, I like, I fired and quit so many times yeah. that I had to like say it for real, for real. It's like, I think I'm really done this time. I don't want to do this. Right. He said, well, baby, what are you going to do? And at this time I had already gotten my life coaching certification. I was three deep into getting, becoming a master coach. Cause you have to get all these different ver- uh, versions of business coaching to become a master coach. And I was right, like, okay. in. and I was like, well, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do this business coaching thing. He said, well, you go ahead. I got this. My husband doesn't do employee very well. <laughs> He's he's a cook. He's not a boss, right? He's a cook. He, yeah. He, he's like, let me do or a my chef, thing I guess. What? Yeah. And whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He said chefs wear white and can stay clean. He can't stay clean. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I was I was truly done, and he he did it for a while by himself. But I know my husband is like, I need my wife to do this with me because I can't. I can. We can fuss at each other and still stay married. Right. Yeah. Because it would be sometimes when when the staff would come, your husband, your husband. It's like why are you telling me something I already know? Yeah. And my, my, my response became, you know what? Just go watch that bowl so I can stay married today. That's all I need you to do. Go get the meat off the pit so I can stay married today. I'm just trying to stay married today. Fuck tomorrow. We gonna stay married. Today. <laughs> yeah. One, one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time and so forth. And so being that person, being the invoice person, being the, the, the person that dealt with all the catering shit. And it was just, I don't want to do this. I right. love, I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm probably one of the few people that love pushing paper. I like to write out some stuff. Let me sign my name on a big ass check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is it, but in the food industry, I was not happy. Right. And I told somebody recently, it's like, I felt like I was drowning in his dream. It, yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. you had said that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it became a thing for me. So saying that I was done was one of the hardest things because like I say, dude, I got you. Right. I'm your ride or die when ain't nobody else going to be there. Yeah. But I could not do this anymore. Um, And so it got to the point I started getting asked to go places to speak and all that kind of stuff. I was like, baby, I think I want to travel with my business. I want to do something different. And I know my husband. I know him. He ain't going to let me go nowhere far. Like going down the street <laughs> or whatever. But if I said I'm getting on the plane, where do you think you're going without me? Yeah. Oh, when I told him that I wanted to start traveling because of my business. I said, what you going to do? He said, I'm going to roll with you. And we said, we had this conversation. We made the decision in June. We put our house on the market to sell as is. Um, we put out there on our social media. Our last day was going to be July 3rd. By August 1st, we had moved to Oregon. It was that fast. Wow. 
because we were done or yeah. I was done. And my husband's like, Shit, I ain't going to stay here. You ain't leaving me. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but and so it's been a gradual pursuit where it went from business coaching to when I got that for certification, understanding, like just doing brand coaching. Right. And. I realized looking back, the more I studied coaching, the more I realized how many millions we left on the table when we had our restaurants. I don't know if that would have made me stay, but I now work to make sure people don't leave millions on the table. Right. Because I, people truly don't understand the importance of branding. They think is like following all these experts and thinking that you're going to copy a corporation and do the shit. It's not that. Right. Finding your own space in your own way. Fuck some competition. I don't even care about them. Yeah. But how you build your brand means that you don't have to work so hard for the sale. And then you can actually raise your prices based on the brand you built. Sweetie, your positioning and all of those things, all of that is tied to your brand. You're messing with your money if your brand is not together. So now everybody name I'm out here. I am my brand. Whatever. I ain't going to cuss <laughs> at you, but I might. Ugh. It's the whole thing. Right. But it was it was taking that and going from understanding that level of branding to understanding brand strategy. How do you get strategic about your shit? Right. And it's like, man, and I don't want to I not no shade on companies, but I'm not trying to do B2B. That's not my thing. I don't even think it is a thing because at the end of the day, I'm talking to a person. Right. I'm not talking to a fucking business. Yeah. And so I decided to pursue individuals that needed better brands. And then somebody said, well, I'm going to send somebody to you for personal branding. I'm like, I don't do personal branding. They're like, yes, you do. I never saw what I did as personal branding because I do it somewhat from a life coaching standpoint. I get to use my life coaching to help build better brands because, sweetie, I could give a fuck because what I learned about branding is that um, it's all about people pleasing. Okay. You got to go out here. They tell you to go and do the research, understand your audience. And yeah. what about me? What about the person behind the brand? They've lost their way because they're so busy tiptoeing around a fucking customer because they got a dollar in their hand. Right. That it's like, I'm doing all this shady shit that I never thought I'd do. And it's not necessarily shady, but it makes me feel shady. Yeah. It's, you're not living to your true values. No. You're doing what you need to do to make a buck. There you go. Right. And so I decided, you know what? When they said I do personal branding, I went all in. Fine. I do personal branding. Let's get this shit done. Because I want you to go make all your money. I'm not promising you six and fig seven figures. Yeah. I'm promising you what you work for. But right. I promise you, if you position yourself in such a way, you're going to make that and probably more. Right. But it's how do you want to grow and scale this? Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. So I wanted to ask you because you said, you know, if you knew then what you knew now about, you know, leaving millions of dollars on the table, maybe you would have stayed. Do you think you would have, though? Because like you know. said, it wasn't your dream. No. Right. No. So, it, but maybe I could have hired better. I could right. have hired someone to do and be and all the things. Um, because it was just like I said, is it was never for me. Right. It was never for me. And yeah. I don't even really think it was for Neil. Cooking is for Neil. Owning a restaurant, not so much. Right. Yes. Because, and, and it's funny because, you know, people will say, and, and I kind of agree with this somewhat. If you can do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. But sometimes doing what you love and turning it into a business now takes away that enjoyment because there's all that other shit that adds on to it. I got I to gotta make sure customers are happy. I got to make sure the bills are paid. It's like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't enjoy that aspect of it. So sometimes taking what you love and turning it into a business can can turn that turn love into a, into, a, into a job and now you hate Mondays. <laughs> so, right? And, and you don't want to hate Mondays. Mondays is a seventh mm -hmm. of our life. So, you know what? You want to enjoy all of it. So, yeah, um, yeah. that's great. So, now I know back then you had built what you called a personal brand. I think it was Miss mm -hmm. Mista. Mrs. Mista. My Mrs. husband was Mista. Mista. Yeah. yeah. And, and you found that when you started into the, the personal branding business, we'll call it, that that didn't serve you anymore. Because, no, no, that's because, when I got into coaching. When I oh, got okay, into, into coaching, coaching, I thought right. it didn't serve me anymore. Right. I tried to lay it down. Not necessarily not being Mrs. Mr. Because no, that wasn't meant for that. But the 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 person that I was, the what I brought to the table as far as the flavor and the the dynamic of how I worked. 
Yeah. I was so busy trying to get caught up in the description of being professional. Right. That it's like, this does not feel right. I can't talk the way that I want to talk. I'm trying to pronounce words right. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. It was (laughs) it was too much. Right. And because I was I had never been the front person, Neil was always the front person of our business. Okay. And like I say, because it goes back to that, that insecure person of being thought of as that bitch that sometimes I wouldn't even do TV stuff with Neil. When they asked the first time they asked him to be on barbecue pit matches, I'm not going on there. No, I'm going to be the angry black woman in the corner. I will not give them that kind of television. Right. Um, so it was, it was still those le- that, that insecurity because even though I'm educated, even though I'm certified, even though I have all this knowledge, all I think is what people hear come out of my mouth. Right. And it may, and it just, kept me in that insecurity. It was no longer about my body issues. Now it's like, oh, I sound like a fucking ghetto ass person. And it's yeah, like, yeah, it's a whole ass thing. And people are going to be judging you and you've got people imposter syndrome you. because you know, you know your shit, but yeah. you don't, you don't believe other yeah. people maybe believe it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a vicious and being cycle. Mrs. Mister, being Mrs. Mister back then also taught me some of the things that I te- teach my clients now. The reason I separate my personal brand from my, from my, from my personal life by a name yeah. is because I remember all the times I'm at the grocery store and mind you, we, we, we shopped where we worked and Hey, Mrs. Mister, you got barbecue today. Do it look like I got some fucking barbecue. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and that was all anybody ever saw. That's right. all they knew me as. Right. They didn't and know the person. They knew no. the business, but they didn't know the person behind it. And Add that to the fact that Neil probably slept with Mrs. Mr. Morton. He slept with Phyllis because <laughs> yeah. I went to bed with my laptop. Hey, did you order that meat? It's four o'clock in the morning. Why are you harassing me later? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was recognizing all the, the problems I had being Mrs. Mr. That I now say, you know what? This is the ghetto country grandmother and this is Phyllis. Ghetto country grandmother is an empathic bitch, whereas Phyllis is a petty bitch. I know the difference. Right. Okay. And so I get to, I get to decide when I stop being her. And when I stop, no, you cannot step to me because back in the days of my Mrs. Mrs. Days, Oh, somebody say, Oh, well, can we talk business? Watch me work. Right. And I would do that. But now it's like, no, sweetie, I'm sitting down with my bourbon and my child or my husband or whoever. Right. I'm not trying to make no money right now. Evidently I had enough money to pay for my drink and that's all I need right now. (laughs) I'm good. Right. Now, did you find, though, you had to get to a certain point? Um, because let's face it, in the beginning, as entrepreneurs, we all become our business because we're so we're solopreneurs to start with. So we're, the, we're a one-man, one-woman show. We're doing it all. And so it's hard to separate that. It's hard not to be your business because you're living it, eating it, breathing it, trying to build it. Yeah. And, and the at, at what, I... what point do you find that, you know, no, that – That'll probably drive you to your grave, drive you to drink, whatever the hell it is. Where do you find that separation and how do you go about it? I tell people now when I talk to my clients, you got to brand your way out of the day to day. And what that means is that you have to find all these different things. How you lead is not how you work. If I'm leading, I'm over here acting a whole different level over here because I'm networking, I'm talking, I'm representing, I'm speaking, I'm writing, I'm doing all these things. But as long as I'm a business of one, I'm also the one doing the work. But you cannot allow your employees to treat, I mean, your your clients to treat you like an employee. Right. It's like I'm representing the business right now. This is my thing. Because once you decide to grow and scale, they're going to still think that they're going to come to you for the work. And you got to stop them in their tracks before they even get started. Right. So if they recognize that, you know what, I'm talking to the ghetto country grandmother and she's doing her thing right now. So when I decide to bring in other brand parents, to do something else and be a different thing, you won't be dealing with me. I am not the employee of my business. I'm just happen to be a business of one. Don't get it twisted. Right. Okay. So if I have to, I have, I have to talk to clients about, you know what, respect the game, even stop saying, Oh, it's just a little business. It's a side hustle. If it's making you some fucking money and it's going to get you out of a day to day and a nine to five and get you on a vacation. Yeah. Sweetie, it's a business, right? Respect your game. And so it's, you get to start, if you start putting yourself in that frame of mind, then you'll begin to separate the two. Phyllis is over here working or the ghetto country grandmother's over here working. Phyllis is over here about to go have a bourbon and a cigar and sit on the porch. Right. That's it. But you have to start making those boundaries and those lines because like I said, as Mrs. Mister, 
there was blurred lines all up and through. There was it, it wasn't no shades of gray. It was just fucking gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that had to be tough though too. I mean, it's no different than, you know, your your customers if you look at them like your child at some point you know with your children you have to just lay boundaries and lay lines especially when they get older right and they start coming mm -hmm. back home and shit and, and uh, you know going into the fridge or doing whatever at some point you mm -hmm. got to lay those boundaries yeah and it probably causes a little bit of I, I can't think of the word i'm looking for but probably pisses some customers off because they're so used to dealing with Phyllis, not the ghetto country grandmother, right? And now all of a sudden, what? She's she's too she's too good for me. She's grown too big. Like, what's no. going on here, Phyllis? You ever get any kickback like that from from clients you work with? They say, "Come I, on." Believe it or not, I do not. Good. I do not. And that's why I say I lay it out up front. Like, even if you look on my LinkedIn bio, it says "empathic bitch." Right. I'm letting you know this is how I'm coming. This is how you're going to work with me. I have them sign a pledge. This is my house. Respect the house. When you come in here and it's a thing and da da da, okay, this is how you respect the house. Don't waste my time because you're wasting your money and there are no refunds in this house. Right. Okay. Recognize that if you feel like you know more than I do, then it's time for you to leave home. Right. How about that? And so it's, it's, I want you to be bold in your own way. And the thing I said, I, I'm all down for respectful rebellion. Yeah. And what that means is like, you know what? I respect what you said, but I'm not doing that. That's not me. That's you. Right. So you get to give me that pushback. You got all the space in the world. This is your money. I'm trying to build something for you, not for me. Right. So it's 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 understood that you know what? She's gonna love me when she's done fussing at me. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, awesome. So tell me what is I know you turn brand babies into brand leaders. Brand leaders. Mm -hmm. Tell me what a brand baby is. What's going on there? Oh my goodness. My, my clients are my brand babies. Okay. Um, there are people that want to be my brand babies. I was on a call and somebody said, I want to be an honorary brand baby. Then knock yourself out. <laughs> you know what? But it's, it's, I do something that I call open house. Whereas most people have online community communities and different things, whether it's on Facebook or it's paid for. Yeah. I found that does not work for me. Okay. So every other month, I have grandma's open house. You can come in here. We're going to talk shit. We're going to drink. Whoever smoke weed, going to smoke their joint, yeah. their blunt, whatever. And we just going to chill and we're going to do our thing. We're going to talk about our business, but you can't ask me anything specific because people are always talking about no like, and trust. You don't know me. You think you do by right. the content that I put out. Right. You get to come behind the scenes and ask me anything because I'm very transparent. The last, the last call happened last week. We were on there for from four to midnight, my time. Wow. Okay. That's how long we were on this call. Right. And the last six people that were in the room, it's usually the last six stragglers, but we get to talk about any and everything. We have people that will come in and they try to ask me a branding question. You can ask me a general question that'll yep. benefit everybody, but you ask me specific. Well, how can I? I don't know how the fuck you can do that without paying me. That's what I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> But it's, it's, that's my community. That's my family. And where you find your connections within that, within that family is totally up to you. One of, one of the people that came, he just recently signed as a client of mine and come to find out because he had been coming to the grandma's open houses before, two of the people in the room, and I did not know, have reached out to him. How can I help? I, I sent him a message. I called him. Because right. this is your fam now. Behind When we're back, this is fam stuff. This is not we trying to sell each other. Don't come in here with your pitch. Hell, I don't even want to know what you do. All I want to yeah. know is what's your favorite drink. Right. So it, I, they, they know. If yeah. they don't know, they ask and they find out. Right. And and if they don't know, I'm sure you're gonna let them know one way or another. Right. <laughs> they, they, they're gonna find out one way or another. So. <laughs> yes. F A A F O. <laughs> now, this is something I, I, I um know you've said and i and i love this and it's jobs have paychecks brands have value yeah right tell me about that because people i even today I, just talking to people every day they're always worried about my price how much should i charge right you're so fucking stuck on a on on that number that you missed the, the opportunity to sell people on the value 
sweetie, I don't care what price you pull out of your ass. If you can't say it out of your mouth and add value to it, right. it's just a fucking price. Right. You can't make anybody pay it. But when you're when you're doing that, when you're saying that, you know what, this is the price, you're turning it into a paycheck instead of profit. Right. Okay. Because businesses thrive on profit. <clears throat> Right. Because if all you're making is enough to pay yourself and the business is not making any money, then all you did was made a paycheck. That was it. Yeah. You could have got, you could have got a job and got a paycheck. Probably could have got more. Right. And some <laughs> pennies. Yeah. But only had to put in eight hours instead of a, a full day. Thank you. You actually get to take a weekend off. That's right. Yeah. But when you, when you talk about turning it into a business, you can't be looking at paychecks. You got to look at profit. And a lot of people price themselves out of the profit. They never even consider like, what is my profit margin? Do you even know what a profit margin is? Right. Because at the very least, if you're a business of one, it's still three folks that got to get paid. You got to get paid as the employee. You got to get paid as the boss. You got to get paid as the, as, as the business. Three of those. Right. This one gets a, a paycheck. This one gets a salary. This one gets profit. So when you decide that, oh, well, when I was working, I made $20 an hour and now I charge a hundred. So fucking what? Yeah. How does that get split up between the three? Right. Yeah. Because if you're not putting money aside for the business, trust and believe your business is going to die. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like in your intro, when you talk about from entry to exit, most folks don't do the exit part. You don't know how you're going to get out of what you got into. That's right. Yeah, I, I had a guest on not too long ago who is an actual, uh, that's what his company does. He helps mid, mid-sized businesses figure out an exit plan. Mm-hmm. And you find, yeah, there's too many. Because we don't think about that. When we start businesses, we're not thinking about quitting it. Christ, I haven't even got it started. <laughs> what the hell am I thinking about quitting for? Right? We teach people you don't quit. Right? You can pivot, you can change, you can do whatever, but you don't quit. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. all of a sudden you're talking to me about an exit plan. Oh, that's when they put me in the freaking ground or whatever is going to happen. Right. But, but it's true. You got to think it through from mm-hmm. start to finish because start to finish. you never know. Look at how many of these companies get swallowed up by these bigger companies. And like you said, right. You don't want to mm-hmm. be leaving millions on the table. Yeah. Cause you can bet that they're a hell of a lot smarter than you are when the big boys are coming, knocking on your door. Yeah. Right. So you need and to trust and believe if you have a business model, I don't care how small you are. If you've got a business model that catches somebody's eye. Yeah. Are you going to sell it? Did you even know it had that much value? Right. And then they're going to try and lowball you because you've never even thought about it. Yeah. Because you can say, you know what? I'm going to build my business up to generating this much revenue and then I'm going to sell it off for this amount of money. You can have that conversation with yourself. Sure. But folks won't do that. Right. When, when, when we got rid of big misters, we had people approach us about buying it. No, because my husband was big mister when I met him, not when I opened the business. Right. So for you to sit up here and tell me that, oh, I'm going to take big mister and he can't use the name anymore. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Right. Yeah. That is not a possibility. Right. Now, had they put some zeros in, upon zeros behind <laughs> it, oh, your name going to be Neil from now on. <laughs> yeah. Right. But even at what they were offering, and like I said, I was still emotionally attached to the name. So yeah. it wasn't even an option to sell. We're just going to close. Right. Same thing with grandma's house. I'm, I'm not that because I've learned my lesson. I'm not attached to grandma's house like I was to big misters. Right. So yeah. if someone came along and offered enough based on the business model that I that I that I'm setting up and based on me by next year, licensing out the process to other what I'm calling other brand parents. Yeah. Sweetie, this is how you get to run your business. Go do your thing and send me my chat. Right. Yeah, because because you, you, sorry, because you, with all the knowledge, all the learning you've done, you've now learned to separate yourself from the business. Because like you said, Big Mister, that was was Neil, right? Yeah. But now, like you say, no, this is business. This is business. This is business. And that's why I tell people, don't take personal branding personally. Right. When you decide that you are your brand, you're taking that shit personally. And this is why I, I was telling somebody today, we have, we have people out here who have businesses, who, who have an audience because they can't have a relationship. You, you put all your business in the street because you are your brand. Yeah. Oh, I'm going on vacation. Watch me pose. And right. Really? If you're not posing, when I tell you to sit down and explain my business to me, I don't need you posing to, to sell me anything. 
Right. Your lifestyle does not impress me. And maybe that's because I'm old as fuck and don't care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I'm not impressed by lifestyle. No. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by results. And saying, show me the receipts, bitch, I know how to doctor receipts. That, exactly. That yes. Anything either. I can make my bank account say whatever I want it to. Really? Yeah. The IRS is looking for you right now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it says zero. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know who's looking. <laughs> That's but funny. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's different. So talk to me about what are some of the key important parts of a personal brand? Like I know we want to keep it separate from our personal life. Mm -hmm. So what are we looking at? What is that personal brand? Is it the way I dress, the way I speak, the way, like, what is this personal brand? I just, you were asking me about my podcast earlier. The first episode is actually talking about this. There's a cultural mix and it's not saying, and I'm not talking about cultural heritage, but okay. there's a cultural mix. There's some place where you stand that you're a fucking bold as hell, where you will stand up to your mama with a belt in her hand. She's like, I'm going to whoop you. I'm not moving mom. Right. When you find, if you know where that place is, that's what you need to put in your personal brand because that's when it was going to cause you to build a reputation that people respect. Okay. And so it's like, and like I said, ghetto country is my vulnerable place, but it's my place of power as well because I don't want to have to code switch how I speak, how I talk, how I act. Right. So ghetto country is my culture that I chose. I was raised hood adjacent by a country mama. And if I go back to the hood today, I want to make sure that I'm still okay. I can't go in there talking some kind of way. Right. Yeah. So I, I still I still have respect for that game. You're staying true to your roots. I stay true to my roots. Right. Where somebody else is like one of my clients, he's he's a rap artist, but he's starting a, a vaping business. And so we're we're because he's bold when he raps, because if you listen to him, you could tell he's a very shy guy, very right. laid back, very loner type. We're bringing his rap into his business. And because I'm like, because I asked him, where do you feel bold? And he said, based on his rap name. So we're going to use a blend of his rap name along with his business. This is going to be a personal brand. Right. And this is how you're going to come across. And this is how you're going to make your money. And he's like, fuck, because it's a thing. Right. There's a blend or, or a mixture of some type of culture there that makes you like, I don't care if, if you got to talk to your clients while you're playing your guitar, give them some fucking lyrics to sell your shit. Right. Because that's where you find power. Can't nobody play guitar like me. So if I'm if I'm if I'm doing this and I'm selling real estate, you know, let me sing your tune while I go show you this house. You better mosey your ass on down there with that guitar and go make your money. Right. So there's there's something about a cultural blend that makes you bold as hell that no one can stop you. No one can can shake you. It's like people will try and hate on you. And we know there are so many people out here hiding behind their keyboards trying to throw. Oh shit. yeah. Yeah. But if you're, if, if you like say coming from a person that was self-conscious, you can say what the hell you want to me. Right. I don't care because the thing that I know is you don't pay my bills and you don't provide my meals. So I don't give a fuck. Right. So if you find that place, that cultural mix that, that suits you, that you can stand on that begins to solidify where you're going to stand in your, in your, in your, within your personal brand. And for me, it's all about a code. And what I mean by code is contemplation, objectives, dedication, and ethics. Okay. Ethics is lacking so much. Oh, it, yes. People, yes. <laughs> that's why I mentioned, that's why I mentioned earlier, right? When you're willing to do whatever it takes to make a buck. That part. Right. Yeah. But when you sit down, like um, business brands have, have vision statements. But when you talk mm -hmm. about it from a personal brand perspective, when you talk about contemplation, contemplation is an action. It's something that you actually have to do, which a lot of people don't realize. When you sit down and say, let me think about it, you're thinking about an answer that already exists and then you try to fit into it. But if you're going to sit down and contemplate where you're going with your personal brand, you're going to have to sit down and meditate like, dang, how is this going to fit me? Right. Because I always talk about how is this going to impact your life, brand, and business? Right. You're doing because a little soul searching. A little yeah. soul search and getting to know yourself. That part. Right. Because everything that you do in your business and a brand is going to impact your life. I don't care what you do. So when you sit down and you contemplate the future, when I contemplate the future for the ghetto country grandmother, how does this going to impact Neil and Morgan? How does this impact the big business of how I'm going to grow? Right. And I have to sit down and let that settle with me. Okay. This is how I want to do it. They may do it that way, but this yeah. is how I want to do it. Yeah. 
So when you contemplate and you take action to let it come to you, instead of trying to find an already existing answer, that's how you, that's how you begin your journey. Right. So based on that contemplation, now let me set some objectives of how I'm going to do this thing. So I'm going to sit out here and I'm going to plan it out based on what I can do as the personal brand. We haven't even gotten to the business yet. We're talking about you. Right. The objectives for this personal brand. Are you trying to get invited somewhere? How are you going to close that gap from where you are to getting invited to that thing? There has to be some objective objectives that are aligned with that contemplation that you had. And then once you have this other part, there's something that you dedicate yourself to. Because there's a difference between dedication and commitment. I'm committed to my husband to a certain degree because, you know, there's a marriage certificate there. (laughs) Right. But I'm dedicated to that dude because, you know what? I live and breathe him every day. Right. Yes. And no no paper is going to change that. No paper is going to change that. Right. Yeah. And that's what dedication is. So when you have a personal brand that's dedicated to something, it is different than when you're committed to it. Because we can divorce ourselves from some committed shit. Right. And then your ethics, baby. What's going to what's going to make you not cross that line? Right. Boundaries are all up and through a personal brand and people miss that. They like, especially when you go out and say, I am my brand, then there are no boundaries. You can't get pissed off when somebody come at you wrong. Right. You can't yeah. be mad because, um, well, you said, why are you in my business? Because you let them in your business. You open the front door because you said, I am my brand. You showed me your vacations. You showed me the license plate on your car. Yeah. And you wonder why I'm knocking on your door. Sweetie, you're the brand. Right. I came for a visit. <laughs> but when you establish the ethical parts of the contemplation, the objectives, the dedication, and get over here to the E of it all, it's like, okay, now I got to set up my boundaries. You can't come this far and I won't get, go this far. Right. I made, I had to laugh at myself because my husband made me an amazing breakfast the other day. And I talk about people. I'm like, don't nobody give a fuck about your breakfast on the beach. And that. But I wanted to share my breakfast. But I said, if you do, you're a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. You sat up there and you drag people all this time for this. Right. For doing the same thing. Yeah. For doing the same thing. Yeah. So my boundaries as a ghetto country grandmother, I'm sorry. Y'all can't see my breakfast. Right. <laughs> it was good, but you yeah. can't see it. Yeah, some, some, what, what were you telling me earlier? It was some bacon candy or some damn thing. Eh? That, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're having for breakfast. I know it. That and a bourbon. <laughs> absolutely so i think what you were just talking about is part of uh and see if i get this right your solopreneur scaling system is that right because i know there's three parts of that uh brand identity brand ego and brand image and i think the code was part of the brand identity. brand identity yes so can we talk on the other two kind of briefly sure you don't need to go into too much but you let us no, know no problem there's three parts you, to it so i want to know what the three parts are code was i i'd seen code but i didn't know what it stood for and that's awesome yes that's yeah so when you talk about brand ego brand ego is how you set up camp because if you got enough ego you're gonna say it with your whole chest but you're gonna be genuine about it so when we talk about setting up camp we're talking about how you communicate with the audience that you have so that you can market to them to set your position that's your camp okay so what's your communication style? What's your most, what's your communication medium? All these things have to be taken into consideration. What words are they going to know you for? Right. There, there's something there. So how are you going to communicate? How much sense of humor? Do you have a sense of humor? Are you that sexy so-and-so that's going to say something to them? What is, how, what is your communication style, your medium? All these different things need to be considered so that you can communicate with this audience. The audience is how, how are you going to develop this audience? So many people are so always talking about even people that don't know shit. Oh, who's your ideal client? Fuck an ideal client. Let me get to the audience. Right. If I know my audience, then my client will emerge because we try and we try and, and create these niches that we don't even know anything about. Oh, you got a niche down. How about you niche down into the audience? Tell me who your audience is. Right. Okay. Mine are shiny object chasers. They got too much shit on their plate. They want to get out of the day to day. I can talk to my audience. Right. Now, the people who are willing to emerge as my ideal client out of that, they've already seen my website. They've seen my content. Oh, I know she coming like a grandma. I know she's going to do this thing. So you already know. So you're my ideal client. I didn't have to choose you. You chose me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And then I get over here and I got, I got my, the way I communicate, the audience I communicate to. So I got to market to them. Right. So how, what, what are you marketing? Are you advertising? Do you have more time than money or do you have more money than time? 
I personally don't like advertising because it's it you have you have to keep doing it in order to stay in front of people. Yes. But if you are if you have more time than money, then sweetie, you need to be putting out some content. And I hate content creation as a as a <laughs> so just as an aside. Oh yeah. my God, I really do. Yeah. But I don't consider my content myself a content creator, but I do put out my shit to market because when I to get over that mindset, what do I have to market today to make my money? If I don't get up off my ass and say something to this crowd that I adore, that I love, that I say that these are my brand babies, I'm doing them a disservice. So that's what I have to market to them. And then we get over to to the P of setting up your camp. How are you positioning yourself? Because if nobody knows your prices, and I'm not saying you got to put them all out there on front street if you don't want to, that's your game. But what is it that you're selling that's so unique? Probably not shit because there's nothing new under the sun. I'm sorry. Right. No, absolutely. But there's some kind of way that you do it, that you package it, that you put it back together, that you took it apart and made it your thing. You put your stink on it, as my daddy used to say. Right. Yeah. There's something about that positioning that that puts you right there, smack dab in all of this. And so now you've taken that brand ego to set up camp in a way that's conducive to you. And then the final piece is your brand image. I used to see shit when I first started studying brand strategy, brand image was what people perceived. I don't give a fuck what you perceive. If your perception is wrong, let me clear it up for you. Absolutely. I, I, I'm totally uh, in, oh my in goodness. agreement Where with that. Where did y'all get this from? Did you not look up image when you said that? Yeah. So when we talk about brand image, we're going to talk about how you play the game. So we got personality, we got language, we got archetypes, and we got yarn. And some folks aren't old enough to know what a yarn is. A yarn is a story. A story, right. So how are you going to play this game? So if I have a certain level of personality, if my personality is dry as hell, how can I work the hell out of some dry ass content to go make my money? If you one of those voluptuous chicks and all that kind of stuff and sexy just ooze off of you unintentionally, then sweetie, that's, that's your personality. But then how are you going to use this archetype? Because the archetype forms a love language between you and your audience, because your archetype may be this and their archetype is that. So how do you get to create this love language where you talk to how the fuck you want to and they hear it how they want to hear it? There has to be a love language between those two archetypes and they will get down with you and they will be faithful with you because people act like all of my clients are black. Trust and believe they are so not. (laughs) Oh, she liked them hood people. You would be surprised how many of my clients are not hood. Right. But it's the archetype mix because I speak the language that I want to speak, but I speak the words that they want to hear. So the archetype, it it, it fits. But it like, I skipped one, I'm sorry. Going back to the language. We already already had the the communication over here, how we communicate. But now we got to turn it into a language that they understand. A language, right, yeah. Yes. And so that language comes across that's true to you. How how are you going to come across? How do you best communicate? Because we already know what you're going to communicate based on this. But then what language are you going to use to make that communication happen? You have to have your own language. The words that you use, and we're not talking jargon. People can talk jargon all day long. right? But there's a language that comes out of this that is so true to you that, oh, I fucks with that. That's what you hear people say. Because that personality, that language will help you find out your archetype. But if you did the audience work over here, you get a better understanding of your audience once you understand their archetype. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you take that archetype and you can still plant more of that back into the language. I know what they're looking for. I know how to do that. I know know how how to to speak to them. Right. And you had that original code. That original code is where your core message should come from. That core message gets tied to the very end. That very beginning gets tied to the end, whereas the yarn, which is the storytelling. How do I play, use that core message to tell all these different stories? How do I spin this tale? How do I spin this yarn? So you code, camp, and play. That's how you do it. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, just that in itself, it's like, holy cow, like... There's so much to it, but it seems, you know, when you spell it out just the way you did, it just makes so much sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, But I don't think you could do them in any different order. No. The, the way you've yeah. laid it out, yeah, it, it makes sense. You got to you gotta commit, you know, you got to 
do the steps. Gotta have that identity. Yeah. That identity feeds your ego. That a ego. healthy ego. We're yeah. not talking arrogance. Right. So that you know how to play the game and, and have this image. Image, yeah. Because you're going to project an image. Isn't the image is I don't care how it's perceived, it just has to stay consistent and true to you. This right. is how you play the game. Right. What you my used to tell my mom because my dad was a cheater. He was telling me, I don't care what you saw, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so but funny. there's there's a, but and I hear strategists all the time asking like how do you do strategy for a personal brand and there's like do it the same way you do for a business no you can't no because now you're talking about a person you're right. talking on a much smaller scale and you right. have to tap in so this is why life coaching within what I do helps me whereas most brand strategists they like just spit all the shit at me I'm gonna give you all these statements and I'm gonna send you yes. out to the mission world. statements and values and yes all of that shit yeah right but sweetie no we gonna cold camp and play because we gonna get this shit together because I need you to go out here thumping your chest and being proud of what you're producing I don't need you to be a dick about it yeah I don't need you to be arrogant about it I need you to tell your truth speak your truth be self-aware and understand that personal branding personal brands evolve right so as you go from brand baby to brand leader sweetie how you lead is going to change because you're going to start putting yourself in new atmospheres and new rooms and new crowds and everybody that's over here at the beginning is going to think oh well you think you're too good no i'm not good i'll be back yeah but i also need you to catch up because i need to hear this in order to continue to grow right if i hear the same stale shit day in and day out guess what i'm gonna be right here with you and i'm not staying yeah yeah. I ain't telling you you got to keep up, but I'm telling you I'm not going to stand here on this shit. Right. Right. And and there comes a point too when you got to realize that <clears throat> excuse me. Everybody's in our lives for a reason and it may not to be to take the entire journey. Yeah, right? I may have to leave you there. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right? No. I still love you. I told him I can yeah. wave at you from across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to fly. I got to, you I know. Gotta go. Yeah. No, that's the reason that, a season or a lifetime. That's what I was told. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great analogy yeah. right there. Listen, yeah. I know you are also an author. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about uh, some of the stuff you've written? You know, oh, God. And, and we'll try and keep it clean just for the show. But tell me about okay. some of the stuff. <laughs> no, tell me about some of the stuff you've written. I know you've you got a book, too, that you wanted to talk about. So. Um, the my first. Well, my first first book I wrote with my daughter, that was a children's book. But then um, I turned a memoir, turned a story into a memoir okay. because I started my daughter started to blossom early right. so we started having conversations early because i was not going to let her be like me my mom never talked to me about sex and all that kind of stuff and i right. was not going to be that mom right so we started having these conversations when she was nine and so taking all of those conversations i put them in a book and it was meant to be funny the funny conversations we you have with your daughter yeah about this thing but then in all of that it was like why am i so jacked up and I had to go and unravel all those stories as to why I'm talking to my daughter to teach her to be independent, to teach her to be strong, to, to not ignore the hairs when they stand up on the back of your neck. Right. And so I ended up writing that damn girl stuff. And it wasn't until I was writing that book because I wrote the first edition and I had to go back and fix it because I left out an important story. And it was the truth I had to tell my daughter of why you should pay attention when those hairs stand up on the back of your neck. Right. And it was a lie that I had held on to for years and years. My daughter was the first woman, woman, not woman, but she was the first person that I told the truth to. To hear the truth. To hear the truth. Right. So after I told her, I told her dad, this is the truth about what happened. Right. And that was my first book. And now it's like, um, is it? if somebody reads it, fine. If they don't, still fine. Yeah. But it was written, one, it was written for my daughter. But two is written for all these girls who, like me, had the whole dig, dick, and dick situation yeah, because yeah. of insecurities and yeah. low self-esteem. Sweetie, don't let that define you. Right. I'm not saying that the hurt, the pain, the shame, or whatever is going to forever go away, but don't let it define you. Right. And so it, that's what that book is for. Yeah, and too many people do hold on to that, right? And, yeah. and you know, not knowing your you, the you know the, the depth of the story, but at some point. Like you say, you can't let it define you. You're, it's going to mm -hmm. eat you up, and you're, you know, it, it's a moment in time. It's not, you know, 
the the entire time is that part and and it helps you know as much shit as we may go through in our lives it makes us who we are so you know embrace it learn from it Mm -hmm. don't don't dwell on it because it's just going to eat you up so so so, sorry to jump in there but no 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 no. and that that is a real thing because I had to I had to learn not to wallow in shit. Right. Because I was the one that was holding on to it. I can't blame I well, I won't say I can't. I choose not to blame any of the men that that I had encounters with. Right. They did what I allowed them to do. Right. Except the one that took it, the rest, you know what? It's not them. It's not I'm not blaming them. I'm not ever gonna say a man is a dog because I am married to a very good man. Right. My daddy, even in all his shit, was a very good man. And there are so many good men out here. So defining them by the bad choices that you make. Right. Yeah. I'm not playing that game with you. I'm not. <laughs> I went from that to um, my my last book was um, Balance is Bullshit because okay. I found that out in my business. <laughs> <laughs> I get so tired of people and they like and, and I think it's because I take that shit. So literally there yeah. is nothing balanced about life. Life is meant to be lived, not balanced. Right. Now, because you want an extra day off or you think your boss is working you too hard, and that's not balanced. That's just taking a fucking day off. It's still all your life. So it's it's this one is about, you know, just make a fucking decision. Yeah. If it's the wrong decision, you find that out after the fact, and then you do something different. Right. But be okay with the decision. Like you just said, I'm not going to sit here and wallow in a bad decision. No. Especially as a business owner, because it will keep you stuck. You have to learn to take calculated risks in business, not just risks. Not just risks, right. And so when you take those calculated risks, one of the, the, like I say, that book for me, I felt like a failure as a mom because I worked more than I spent time with my daughter. Right. But I had to let go of that shit because it's like me and my daughter have a bomb ass relationship. She tells me too much shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She talks to me about damn near everything. And and I'd rather have those conversations than the Disneyland trips. Yes, absolutely. I'd rather have have her trust me enough to say, Mom, it's just like she was recording um, a promo for the podcast that's coming up. And she wanted her dad to leave the room. I heard her cuss. Her dad has not. She wanted her dad, like, <laughs> her dad to go away. I said, why? I said, babe, she, she thinks you're going to be traumatized by her using cuss words. <laughs> but she's that kind of kid. And so forth. And like, even she went to spend the night at a friend's house and she's texting me and she's like, she called me and she said, mom, can I cuss? I said, yes. She said, that is some white ass spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) She got some vanilla for supper, did she? (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's funny. She's that kid. I'm not saying she hasn't had her missteps as a kid and all that kind of stuff. Right. But she still, we we talk about everything. And I'd rather have those conversations than some fake ass vacation. Absolutely. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know that she trusts me and I trust her to a certain degree, but she's a teenager. So I got them leery moments. But right. Still. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You, you've had the talks yeah. that you didn't get, right? Yeah. So you can feel a little more comfortable yeah. in, in where she's, what path she's going to go down. And, yeah. and you know what? She may get it the wrong choice is. made. It, yeah. Yeah. And, but then, and you're there in her corner to help no her through what. it if, if, you know, some shit yeah. happens. So, yeah, but that, that was, that was the biggest thing behind balance is bullshit. Like I said, because if I, if I had let all of those missed moments and even in being a wife and being a daughter, my mom's like, when you going to spend time, I got so much parental guilt because right. even my mom was writing me about not spending enough time with my daughter. And mind you, my daughter's been homeschooled since fourth grade. So she's always. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's she sits across from me in here sometimes. Right. She's now in the 10th grade. She's still sitting here doing schoolwork. Yeah. And I got to sit here and I got to watch her dance. <laughs> you concentrate. And oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. But, and I had to realize I never stopped being her parent just because I was working. Right. But I, I and I can't go back and fix all the times where I said, give me five more minutes and five more minutes turned in all uh, into all day. Yeah. So, you know, what? I had to learn to be OK with those decisions. Right. How, how can I I'm not looking for a silver lining in it. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I did what I had to do. No, it just is what it is. Yeah. So now do I make different decisions or better decisions? Yeah. I got a paycheck. I'm like, oh, baby, let's go blow a paycheck. Right. What are we going to go do? She gets to pick. Yeah. Is those are decisions. Right. Am I blowing off a day of work? You damn right I am. 
Because like I say, I had to realize I never stopped being a mother. I never stopped being a wife. I never stopped being a daughter. How you perceive me in those roles. Right. Yes. Was your thing. Yes. So it's like, just learn to be okay with the decision. So that's what balance is bullshit about. And right now I'm working on what is called um, branding boundaries and bullshit. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's going to incorporate the quote, the code camp and play, okay. but it's like all of these different things that we're told about branding as a personal brand, how PR PR has been perceived. PR is, so it's an image consultant. It's making you look good. Make, yeah. And making you look like brand, yeah. what, what the audience wants to see, yeah. not not who you actually not what, are. Not what really is. Right. And while I'm not a fan of putting all your business in the street, don't put that fake ass shit on. Right. And and PR people have to run out and they have to chase people to, to let you come walk their red carpet. You Somebody had to go chase them down for you to get on the red carpet yeah. somebody, instead of somebody actually inviting you and all that kind of shit. Right. But like I say, just I want to change the game of personal branding. So when I talk about the bullshit of being a brand, when I talk about the bullshit of trying to brand like a business, all of these type of things, that's some bullshit. And not setting boundaries from Jump Street means you got to keep fixing crisis after crisis. If I told you I was fucked up in the beginning, if I told you that that I'm not going to dwell on the fact that that say if if I was a junkie and no I wasn't, but if I was a junkie back in the day, you know, let me put my cards on the table cuz I don't need you trying to drag this out 20 years later saying, right. "Oh, well she was a junkie. Go she Yeah. My 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 problem with men. Right. If you want to read about it this in the book yeah. because you can no longer use shit like that as a weapon. Against me, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've come to peace with it. I've come to terms with it. And you can't use it as a weapon. You can't. Right. But neither do you have to bring all of that that baggage with you into your personal brand. It's a it's a part of your life, but it's not. a. That's my personal life. Right. And while I may admit to it, sweetie, I'm not bringing it to the table. Yeah. There's a difference. So where are the boundaries that you're setting for yourself? Right. When you decide that, oh, well, my client called me at three in the morning. Because he needed a revision because the boss was on his back and you actually got up and did it. You're not setting boundaries. No. When you decide that someone I've been watching, I've watched two different versions of this. Um, Women that can't pronounce another woman's name. Oh, I'll just call you so-and-so. No. Set the boundary. Call me by my name. Yes. I'll help you learn how to pronounce it. (laughs) But there's there's all of these different things that are being missed when we talk about personal branding, especially when you decide that you are your brand. Sweetie, if you want to hype yourself up, go ahead. I'm just not playing that game anymore. You can't sit up here and, oh, I'll knock that chip off your shoulder. Go ahead. Now, knocking it off a GC's shoulder is a whole lot different than knocking it off a Phyllis shoulder. Right. So whose shoulder are you going to knock it off of? You really want to play that game? Yeah. I heard me. Was it um, Bishop? Is it not Blake? Oh my God! I can't. Whoever has the Potter's house, but he was giving a sermon one day, and he said, "If you spit on me, you might get prayed for, or you might get punched." Right. (laughs) Recognize, recognize, and so it's just understanding that that this branding game there needs to be boundaries around personal branding, and recognize what's bullshit when people are telling you all of these different things. And you're packing all of your life into a personal brand, sweetie. That ain't nobody's business. And now you feel overwhelmed, burned out, doing too much content creation. Can't keep your fan, your phone out of your food. Yeah. And enjoy your life. Right. I want people to get back to a personal life. Keep some shit and some secrets for yourself. You're yeah. entitled. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, you know what? We could probably keep talking. Uh, I th- we've obviously just scratched the surface. I mean, personal branding, you know, there's so much to it because like you say, there's so much that you need to put in, but there's so much shit you need to keep out. Yeah. Right. And knowing where that boundary is, is, you know, a lesson in its own. So yeah. Phyllis, this has been great. Like I, I tell you what, um, I've had a lot of fun on today's show and I learned some shit and, and, and I, I thank you for that. Any last words you want to leave the, the audience with? about personal branding about you know whatever the floor is yours the only thing i want to leave people with is watch who you listen to 
don't try to listen to everyone because you're going to get a hundred different answers, a hundred different ways. Find people that you trust and stick with it. If you trust me, Chris, Joe Blow, whoever, if you trust Reggie, listen to Reggie and other people like Reggie. And I'm not talking about because unconscious bias can become a thing. Right. But we're not talking about biases. We're talking about how are you going to move forward in your business? Find you no more than three to five people to trust and stick with that. When you start Googling 10, 10 different things and everybody's showing up, yeah. don't try to write, watch all 10. Find five folks you trust and listen to them and roll with that. Once you get to a le- new level, sweetie, find you five new people. Just keep it pushing. Right. That's, That's great. what I will leave people with. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Like you say, you can become overwhelmed and, and social media is terrible for that, you know, yes. and, and that's why, you know, they look at places like TikTok and that where it's, you know, if, if you haven't done, if you've done more than a 15 minute reel or whatever the hell they call them, you've lost people because they've already gone on. They've already gone on because they're not, they're, they're waiting to see what the next thing is. Next thing is instead of just paying attention to that one person I had to say. So yeah. that's great yeah. advice. I appreciate it. If people want to know more about you, and I'm, I'll put this in the show notes, but if people want to know more about you, your business, how can they get a hold I'm of you? I'm most active on LinkedIn under my real name, Phyllis Williams Strader. I do stuff stuff occasionally on Instagram. I'm not chasing any algorithms. Right. But you can find me on, <laughs> on Instagram under GC Brandmother. You can find me on TikTok under GC Brandmother. Um, you can find me on Twitter under GC Brandmother, but you can also just holler at brandmosshouse.com. That's my email. If you ever have a question that I can answer for free, because yeah. I don't do a whole lot of shit for free, just know. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and drop me a line. Go ahead and drop me a line. I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. This is my thing. I love it. That's awesome. Well, listen, I've loved having you on the show. And before we wrap things up, you know, I want to leave uh leave my listeners with my golden nugget. I always leave them with a little something to chew on at the end. And, uh, you know, the, the best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. Small steps lead to big things. And even dreaming about having your own business is, is one of these first small steps. A lot of people, you know, they get into, oh, I can't do that. Dream. Dreams come true. Believe it, right? It's, all the planning and work that you do every day, no matter how small or trivial it may seem, because especially when you're starting a business, there is a lot of small and trivial shit that you think, why am I even doing this? But if you put your best foot forward every step of the way, you're going to thank yourself for the strong foundation you set when it comes time to turn those dreams of business ownership into a reality. With that being said, Entrepreneur Nation, I want to thank you on behalf of Phyllis, on behalf of myself, for letting us into your world, for you know sharing some stories, for having some laughs. I've had a great time uh, with Phyllis. She's an amazing human being. I'm gonna have to get down to Texas again, and and you know maybe uh, I'll have some barbecue and some bourbon uh, and one of those big ass cigars. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, grandma or sorry, grandmother loves loves her cigars, so yes. I, I got to get me one of those too. But listen, you know what? If you haven't done it yet hit that subscribe button. We're doing this, you know, we're going to get you to where you need to be and where you want to be. Other than that, Entrepreneur Nation, I thank you. Continue doing what you do and we'll talk to you soon.